And then, you know, I was thinking about this question and one artist that really stands out that, that, that just became such an important part of my life and still is to this day, uh, although he passed away many, many years ago, is Harry Chapin. Um, I, I, I absolutely love Harry Chapin. I have a, a real soft spot for his music and um, his lyrics, his poetry. And, uh, you know, he was very important to my father. He was very important to my family. And um, like I said, music was, was just always there. and welcome to a new episode of Set Lusting Bruce, your podcast all about Bruce Springsteen, his music, and mostly his fans. I am your host, Jesse Jackson. Joining me today is a new friend, Robert Hoff. Robert, welcome to the show. It is great to be here. Nice to see you, Jesse. Yeah, so uh, tell us a little about yourself. What's your elevator pitch? Sure. So uh, I am uh, first and foremost uh, a husband and father. Uh, that's certainly what I am most proud of. Uh, I live here in Stamford, Connecticut with three boys. Uh, they are now uh, 18, 15, and 10 years old. And um, I am an attorney by uh, trade and uh, for my living. And I also, um, in my spare time when I can, before this pandemic, I uh, play drums and cover bands. So uh that is my release. That is my, uh, you know, energy at the end of the day and how I get it out. And it's my uh, sort of side gig. Yeah. Um, what kind of attorney? Uh, so I am uh, in litigation and uh, what we uh, refer to as white collar criminal defense, you know, security okay. fraud and things of that nature. Did you not get a call? Well, I guess because you don't have a billboard to come to the Capitol a couple weeks ago, you know, like last week to try to, you know, um, I, I take it you didn't get a call from the Trump organization like, hey, why don't you work for us so we won't pay you? I'm sorry. Couldn't you know, resist. I'm going to leave that one alone so this doesn't get too political, but <laughs> I will say that it's uh, highly unlikely that my law firm would uh, agree to represent uh, Donald Trump, but you never know. Yeah, I know. Um, it was... <laughs> It was really funny watching this. I mean, if it was if it wasn't so sad, it would be funny, right? That um, it just was crazy. So anyway, well, I am so glad you're here. Um, so you and the, your family, how are you guys doing during COVID? We are uh, doing pretty well. I mean, I definitely know that we are uh, much more fortunate than a lot of other people. Um, you know, we uh, certainly, my job has been steady, which is uh, very important. Uh, we've all been healthy, uh, which is the most important. My wife is a teacher um, and she's been working. And so, you know, she's full time in school, wearing a mask for eight hours a day and that's really hard for her. And she comes home, you know, tired and winded, but my boys have been real troopers. Um, they've, you know, done what they have to do. They are mostly in person. Um, my oldest is actually uh, overseas for the year. He, he actually had planned a sort of gap year before college, uh, even before COVID happened. And it worked out really well because, you know, kids who are starting college or did in the past year really just have not had the college experience. And 
my son, uh, my oldest, fortunately, is in a place where he's having a great time. He's experiencing, you know, great things. And, um, you know, he, he, he's in quarantine a lot. He's in lockdown a lot, but he's, he's in a pretty good position compared to a lot of other people. So overall, you know, we can't complain. We're doing OK. That is good to hear. And, uh, you know, I know uh, I'm so you've got to be so proud of your wife anyway you know teachers are just so amazing and to be doing this it's got to be frustrating and scary and and I know I just was seeing somewhere I think it might have been the times or some website that said that we could that if you could move all teachers in front of the line to get vaccinated it would only delay things by a couple of days at most but it just you we have enough now that and then you could reopen schools and do more i appreciate all the work she's doing and so i always like to go to the beginning robert talk to me about growing up where did you grow up from and what kind of music did your family listen to sure so uh, i grew up in a town uh called rockaway beach new york okay and uh that is the same town speaking of music uh that the ramones sing about in their song rockaway beach okay and uh, it's a great town on the southern tip of New York City. Uh, most people, you know, don't even know it. Uh, it's this little peninsula that juts out of uh, Long Island, actually, you know, into the Atlantic Ocean. And uh, literally, I grew up two blocks away from the beach, and it was just a beautiful place and still is. And my mom still lives there, and we still go out there, and, and, and it's just really a great place. Um, music, always, always, always. Um, a part of my family. I grew up um, with two brothers in the house and I have a half sister as well. And my father, um, who who actually um, passed away last January, obviously before COVID, uh, music was really, really important to him. And there was always music in the house. Um, uh, He played and he loved doo-wop and 1950s, you know, rock and roll. And we actually had in our basement um, a, a real, you know, put a quarter in jukebox uh, that played 45 records. And, you know, it was filled with these great old 50s doo-wop and rock and roll songs. And um, I got to know music through that. And, you know, back then, you know, this is the late 70s, early 80s that I was growing up. Uh, you know, you could buy 45s for any music, right? So uh, I would buy 45s for the music that I listened to and, you know, pop those in the jukebox. And we'd have a mix of that. And uh, my parents loved Barry Manilow and we had some Barry Manilow in there. And it it was, you know, a a sort of eclectic mix. Um, We, you know, living in New York, we went to Broadway shows a lot. And so Broadway was a, a huge part of our life. And then, you know, I was thinking about this question and one artist that really stands out that 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 just became such an important part of my life and still is to this day, uh, although he passed away many, many years ago, is Harry Chapin. Um, I, I, I absolutely love Harry Chapin. I have a, a real soft spot for his music and um, his lyrics, his poetry. And, uh, you know, he was very important to my father. He was very important to my family. And um, like I said, music was, was just always there. And, and then the last thing I'll say is um, I mentioned I do play drums and I started as a kid. And so the other thing that happened in my house was because I was the drummer and I couldn't carry the drums to my friends' houses. 
really, really bad 12 and 13 year old musicians were banging away and playing heavy metal music in my basement all the time. That's awesome. So uh, were you able to see Harry perform live? Uh, so I, I don't remember what year he passed away. It was the early 80s. It was maybe yes. 81 or 82. Um, but Harry Chapin was my first concert. And Very nice. Now, I don't remember it. I was I, I couldn't have been older than seven or eight years old. Okay. My parents, um, you know, have pointed out that they took us to Prospect Park, Brooklyn, to see Harry Chapin. And, and the one thing I will I, I will tell you that I remember uh, I don't remember the concert. I don't remember the music. I remember the smell of marijuana. Okay, how funny. So I was, um, I graduated high school in 77. Um, and my, um, I grew up in a small suburb uh, off Lake Charles, Louisiana, as mentioned by the band. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and up from Kirk and Creek. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, Lucinda Williams. Great song. Uh, yeah, so, um, so I know it was, um, it was somehow either this, if I remember it was a winter, but it was either 78 or 79. It may have been 80. I don't think so. Where he came to Lake Charles to perform, Harry did. And it was a stormy, dark and stormy night, like from Snoopy. And um, so he didn't bring the band. Uh, and so it was just him. And so when you walked into the theater, there was, you know, a chair, a guitar stand, and a little stand with a glass of water on it. Um, and he, I don't remember how long he played. It felt like forever. And it felt like you were in his living room, you yeah. know, just sharing. So that's truly one of my highlights. I am, um, I actually had a guy a couple of years ago join me for an episode and we talked about Harry and loving his music. So that warms my heart. I, uh, um, I was just, I was, I was skimming through songs and I ran into mail order Annie and that stayed in my mind all day this today. Just so, you know, just a great song. A fantastic song. A fantastic yeah. song. I, I will tell you, I know we're going to talk a lot about Bruce, but yeah. since about Harry Chapin, uh, very recently I actually came across for the first time, and I think it was on E Street Radio, uh, Bruce singing Remember When the Music. By right. Harry and, and, you know, the story uh, that he told um, yeah. about Harry before that and, and how Harry, you know, met him and, and talked his ear off about, you know, doing something for charity and, and, and helping to give back. And, you know, uh, I think that that was probably a big part of the influence that, you know, Bruce you know, now gives at his concerts to help feed the hungry, which was Harry's, you know, that yeah, was his exactly. Best. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Uh, that's really funny. Um, and yeah, I do think that, and I, that is a funny story where he talks about, you know, to the extreme, you know, cause Harry, I do one for them, one for me, one for them, one for me. Uh, and I know he's very active in the, uh, why hunger, you know, that, uh, Harry created. So that's, that's awesome. That's great. Yeah. yeah. Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, 
Even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles, plus awareness mode. Available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Hey folks, Stefan Shirazi and Renee Richardson here from the Metallica Report. And we are proud members of the Pantheon podcast family, where the best of music and podcasts unite. We've got something pretty cool for you. We're giving away an exclusive Metallica merch package worth over $250. That's a whole lot of scary guys, skulls, M72, and other sought-after Metallica swag. And we've made it easy for you to win. Follow and share the Metallica Report, and you're in the game. Go to pantheonpodcast.com slash Metallica, enter your email, and hit that button to be entered to win. And just like that, you're eligible for our monthly exclusive Metallica merch package. And guess what, rockers? You can enter every month. So just do it. And while we love our global brothers and sisters, the lawyers won't let us ship outside the U.S. So as you're growing and getting, finding your own voice in high school, it sounds like you're playing a lot of music. What kind of bands were you in high school? What, what, who were your idols then as you're banging on the drums? Yeah. So, so certainly as a drummer, uh, there's just no doubt about it that I was a John Bonham and Led Zeppelin guy through and through. Um, I, I just thought Bonham and still think that Bonham, you know, was just a God as a drummer. Um, and, you know, when I was in high school, this was the late 80s and early 90s, uh, a few things were happening. I was, I was really starting to figure out um, classic rock music. I was getting to know Pink Floyd and Led Zeppelin and uh, the Rolling Stones and the Who. Um, and at the same time, you know, remember the mid 80s, you know, this was MTV, right? This was when it took off. And, you know, Bruce, for example, uh, you know, just got gigantic. I mean, he was big before, but with born in the USA, forget about it. You know, he became like one of the biggest stars in the world. And U2 was huge at that time. The Joshua Tree album had come out and I was listening to that. Um, I was also, you know, growing up in New York and I went to high school in Brooklyn. Um, not that these are the reasons for this, but I also listened to a lot of hip hop and a lot of dance music. And that's just what was going on at the time. And I think I always had a really eclectic mix. Um, there were also, you know, the sort of hair metal bands were really big back then. That's when that was happening. And so I was in bands that was playing, you know, we were playing Guns N' Roses and Ozzy Osbourne and Metallica and, you know, things of that nature. 
um, I started to learn about Rush and started to learn about, you know, Neil Peart, uh, God bless his soul, um, passed away last year, but, you know, just saw what an amazing drummer he was. And, um, you know, it was just a good time to, to, to grow and learn things. And grunge was starting to happen. And Jane's Addiction, I remember, I, I went to the first um, Lollapalooza tour, which back then was... Uh, Jane's Addiction, and it was Ice T, and I remember Ice T doing half of his set doing hip hop and half of it doing like death metal. Uh, just really, you know, I, I think a lot of kids feel this way when when they're in high school. But you know, for me, it was just an exciting time musically, and a lot was going on. And in addition to playing in bands, I would play in. Um, we had something in Brooklyn called Sing, where the high schools would have competitions between the grades. Each grade would put on a show. Um, and, uh, I was always the drummer for the band for our grade and played a lot of music that way. So just, just really a lot of great stuff and, and a lot of learning about music, frankly. So when did you discover Bruce and what about him spoke to you? Yeah. So, um, I, I definitely, um, discovered Bruce from the born in the USA album. Um, you know, I probably in the back of my mind had known some other things, but again, born in the USA and, and him just becoming an idol at the time uh, and being, you know, one of the artists who was on MTV, you know, all the time, uh, that certainly piqued my interest. And I, I certainly remember uh, having that album. Um, I also happen to remember, you know, I have an older brother and uh, he had a lot of vinyl uh, before me. You know, he was older and he would get stuff before I did. And I vividly remember uh, him having the darkness on the edge of town album on vinyl. And, you know, back then I was a young kid. I was probably 10 or 12 years old when I first saw it. And Bruce was scary to me on that, on the cover of that album. I mean, he's in that dark house and he's wearing, yeah. you know, ragged white undershirt and he looks really somber and, uh, he looks like a really serious, uh, you know, kind of uh, dude to me. Uh, but in any event, it, it was really born in the USA and I know that my friend and his father took me to a show. Uh, I think it was probably Giant Stadium. Uh, I don't know for sure. I don't remember for sure. It might have been, you know, the Brendan Byrne Arena in the Meadowlands. But and I don't remember the details of the show, but I remember the energy. I remember how many people were there. I remember you know, I was a little kid, so people were taller than me. And, you know, I couldn't see over people's heads. But I, I do remember that experience. Um, the thing that really got me hooked, the thing that really turned me on to Bruce was the box set, the live 75 to 85 box set. And I had it on cassette tape and I popped it in and I heard Thunder Road and it's that piano only version. And that blew me away. Uh, it absolutely blew me away. And I listened over and over again. I kept rewinding and writing down the lyrics and, and sort of, you know, practice singing along. And that song just haunted me and still does to this day. Um, I just think it is so beautiful. I think it is so poetic. And from there, you know, I just kept diving deeper and deeper. But that, that's really how it got started. Was it just the the complexity of the lyrics or just, just something about that song spoke to you, right? Yeah, I think that that song, and, and, and I will, to this day, it's it's without a doubt my, my favorite 
song of anybody and certainly my favorite Bruce song. Um, you know, I, I think it's the uh, poetry of it. I think it's the storytelling of it. Um, you know, I think Bruce is just an absolute master storyteller. I think that his songs are like novels. Um, and again, I'll use the word poetry. And that song, the imagery, the story, what that conveys, um, I mean, some of the lines are, are, are just, you know, absolutely beautiful. And I, I, I could go through, you know, every one of them, but just things like you ain't a beauty, but hey, you're all right. Uh, you know, that that line, um, it, it, it just it's so real. It's so um, sort of plain, but beautiful. And I, I just kind of feel that way about, you know, most of what Bruce has done. But 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 maybe because it was the first one that caught my attention again, that that song just just sucks me in and, and, and blows me away. All right. Very nice. Uh, so you mentioned going to an early show. I always like to preface this question, Robert, with a disclaimer. I don't think the amount of shows you've seen is a fair barometer of how big of a fan you are, because depending on where you live, where you were born, economic situation, age can adjust. But do you keep track? And uh, if so, how many shows have you gone to? Yeah, so I don't I don't keep track. Um, and, and I'll say this. Um, I went to that Born in the USA tour when I was a kid. Um, it was probably many years later until I started to go with more regularity. Um, you know, after Born in the USA, he did, you know, some solo work and, you know, then really kind of took a hiatus. Right. Um, you know, there were some solo albums, but there was no E Street Band going on. And in that period of time, in sort of the late 80s and the 90s, I really dove into Bruce, the artist, and, and dove into other albums. And, you know, I, I got to read about him and study the lyrics more and just kept diving deeper and deeper into the music and the songs. Then in the uh, mid to late 90s, tracks came out, you know, the tracks box set. And that was another moment for me that also just kind of blew me away because I said to myself, this guy who I've been learning about and, and listening to for the last 10 years had all this other amazing music that hadn't come out yet. And, you know, that was just amazing to me. And then, you know, he did the reunion with the E Street Band. He did, you know, the late 90s. I think it was maybe 99. Um, I'm not sure the exact year, but he, he toured again and he put the band back together. And I saw him uh, in Madison Square Garden on that tour. And, you know, from that point forward, really from, you know, late 90s is when I just started going, you know, to every tour. And, um just really haven't stopped. And, and, you know, we, we try to go to a few shows when he's in town. So I, I don't know the number. I really don't, but I, I just know that, you know, I get really excited uh, when it happens. I try to get there as much as I can. Uh, and um, you know, it's always a party. It, it's always an amazing experience. Do you have any stories from shows that you want to share uh, songs that meant a lot or, you know, moments? Um, do you bring the kids? Yeah. So, so uh, the answer is yes, yes, yes. And yes to all of that. All right. Uh, For sure. Um, I, 
would definitely say that the greatest experience I've had, and it was you know more recent, was was I, I did get to see him live on Broadway. Okay. And that evening, the way you described your uh, Harry Chapin experience with yeah. the glass of water and the guitar, that's what that felt like to me. Yes. Now, the funny thing was, I was kind of sitting all the way in the back of the theater, upper deck. Uh, I actually kind of got a seat where there was like a, a support pole in between my legs, and I had to kind of lean left or right to, to see the stage. Um, but that night uh, was just magical. It was just magical. And um, I've watched it on Netflix a dozen times since then. And I feel like I'm sitting in the theater uh, because it was just so great. Um, one particularly uh, interesting thing about that night is, you know, I'm sitting in the Broadway theater and, you know, like I said, I'm kind of upper deck. And when you're upper deck in a small Broadway theater, you're kind of eye level with the balconies that are on the side. Mm -hmm. And in one of the balconies, about 10 feet from me was Billy Joel. Oh, how cool. And, and that was really cool that, you know, Billy Joel was there to, to see it. Um, so that was certainly one of um, my, my great experiences that that evening was just, again, for the reasons I've said, because of his yeah. storytelling, his imagery. And I was recently talking to one of my colleagues at work and he, I also play in a band with him. He's the bass player in my band. And we talk about music all the time and he was never a big Bruce guy. And, and he said, you know, I really just don't really get it. And I said, I said, do me a favor, watch the Netflix special, you know, live on Broadway and, and he did, and he came to me the next day, and he said, wow, I get it. N now I get it. And That's uh, good. the guy's a master. Um, and, 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 and this is a new Bruce fan, and, and some of the things that he observed, I think, are very true, which are, um, you know, it's not just about the music and the lyrics. It is about the storytelling. It's about the mannerisms and the body language. And, you know, look, he, he's an actor, right? I mean, and he'd admit he's an actor, um, you know, he opens that show jokingly talking about what a fraud he is because he came up with all these stories, but he's really good at it. He's really good at, at, at being Bruce Springsteen. Um, and, you know, he's, he's become such a master at it and, and it's just mesmerizing to watch. Um, there's more I do want to tell you about, but let, let me ask you, did, did you see that show and what do you think about it? Yes, I, I was lucky enough. My wife... Um you know, bless the me trying to find out someone uh, on a Facebook group reached out to me because I had said I wasn't going to go and people were complaining about people going more than once. And, you know, my argument was, um, and they said it wasn't the same thing, but to me it is. Um, if you have tickets for four uh, stadium shows in a row, general admission, you get in the queue each time. And it wouldn't like you'd said, oh, no, no, I was, you know, I, I got the number drawn. I was elbows on stage. Now then it's time to let somebody else have that chance. You would no, I want it every time I can. So right. what's the difference if someone has the financial, you know, uh, ability to go to Broadway multiple times, you know, there. And uh, so the guy reached out and said, well, why aren't you going? I'm like, well, I don't have the tickets and I don't have the money. And, you know, and he said, well, I can get you a ticket. How much are you willing to spend? And I'm like, oh, OK. And yeah. so we came up with a middle figure. And uh, so my wife said, OK, well, let's look into this. And uh, we found a round trip ticket that was pretty cheap on American. And you included a... Um, 
the a night in one of the pod hotels you know like they have in the city that it's basically it looks like a cabin for a cruise ship you know but it was perfect for me so you know i got to go i went um and you know i'm like you i'm just in love hearing all the stories and it's funnier than i thought it was going to be it's it's just you know and it's and there were a few i had i would i didn't go in blind i had known the set list now i had not listened to any bootlegs of them playing but i knew the set list and i thought a couple of times well, well i don't particularly want to hear my father's house or you know and i damn sure don't want to hear the blues version of born in the usa that's not a song i like and that's weird you're doing dancing in the dark of all the songs why'd you do that and then you know i go okay first off you should know better to question bruce and secondly <laughs> shut up fat guy um because it was perfect and right. and um and so when my buddy sam went on next time he said you know i'm looking at the set list and I'm just not sure, like, really, this is the song I'm going to get. I'm like, trust me, Sam, when you're there, you're going to go, okay, it's perfect. You know? Yeah. yeah. And, um, so um, I just loved it. And, uh, and every once in a while um, I will pull up the uh, dancing in the dark to land of hope and dreams, kind of that one, two punch. Yeah. It's just kind of perfect. Like yeah. if I need to pick me up, I just will pull those two songs and play it. And just, it, it gives me chill bumps and I'm, you know, like, okay, that gave me a little emotional pickup. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you something about dancing in the dark. Um, that's a song that, you know, when it came out in the eighties, yeah. originally, you know, it was a very sort of synthesizer heavy pop song. And, you know, to, to me, it was always kind of a throwaway, right. like, I, you know, it had the Courtney Cox video and, right. you know, it was, a, it was a poppy, whatever. Um, and when he started doing it live more recently in the last 10, 15 years, you know, he was, he was closing every one of his shows with it. And I thought that the version that he was playing, this more rock and roll, you know, guitar riff driven version of it was so awesome. And I just yes. like, kind of fell in love with the song again. And then to your point, you know, that acoustic version, uh, I think is absolutely amazing. And, um, my, my three sons all play different instruments and, um, my oldest is guitar player. And after uh, he didn't see the Broadway show live, but after it came out on Netflix, he went into his bedroom and he came out and said, I just learned the acoustic dancing in the dark and, and he played it and, and it was just awesome. Um, the other songs from that night, by the way, um, I've always loved my hometown, but, but the version of it is just magnificent. Um, and then, and I loved all of it. You know, Let me but, pause you just for a moment. Yeah. Have you got to hear the, uh, Barack Obama, Bruce Springsteen podcast yet? I have not yet. I'm obviously looking forward to it. Okay. So little spoilers. Um, they talk about my hometown and he says, Bruce says, that's eh, a good song. And Barack goes, it's a great song. <laughs> so I will not spoil anything else, but they talk a little bit about it. And it was just kind of fine. like Bruce like, eh, it's a good song. And Barack like, oh, no, it's a great song. So yeah. anyway, please continue. Yeah, no, I, I am absolutely looking forward to that podcast, obviously. Um, the other um, song that night that, that also just I was so happy to hear 
Uh, and it's probably not one of his more popular songs, or I, I don't know if a lot of fans like would pick this one, but really one of my favorite Foo songs, and I don't know why, I honestly don't know why, is Tougher Than The Rest. Yeah. And when he sings that with Patty, um, it's it's just really beautiful. And uh, yeah, I, I, you know, I'm not saying this just because she is Bruce's wife, but her voice is just unbelievable. I mean, it is unique. Yeah. It is special, and uh, she's just so cool. And um, seeing them do that together was great. So yeah, I, I, yeah. I absolutely, uh, you know, just had an absolute trip that night. And like I said, I've watched it again and again and again. Yeah, uh, you know, I had seen it fairly early, so he had not yet added the talk about his mom having Alzheimer's when he does the wish, and yeah. when. I saw that on Netflix, you know, that brought me to tears. Um, I've always loved The Wish. Um, I've, I've told the story before, Robert, but I'd, I'd listen to it, you know, on E Street Radio and I'm crying and I, I pick up the phone to call my mom because I can still call my mom, you know, and I'm trying to explain to her there's this song and it's about Bruce and his mother. And my mom gets, has no idea what I'm talking about. I mean, she just like, what 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 are you doing what are you so i ended up like oh nothing how are you doing mom and we talked right (laughs) but she was just this uh so yeah that was another highlight to me and you're right i i sometimes when my soul needs a um refresh i will put on that show and just watch it again yeah it brings me happiness yeah, absolutely. Um, so, so some other shows and some other sort sure. of moments that stand out. Um, some of them just really a lot of fun. Um, I saw Bruce at Shea Stadium, the old Mets Stadium, and uh, I, I actually saw. Uh, you know, we talking about how many shows you go to. I think I saw most of the shows that he played at Shea. Definitely at least three. And one of them, I was on the floor, and I remember the state. The uh, stage was set up sort of in the outfield of the stadium. So when you were on the floor, it really meant you were on the field. Uh, Now it was covered, you know, you weren't standing on the base paths, but uh, I'm a diehard Mets fan. I'm from Queens originally. uh, And, you know, being in Shea stadium, essentially on the field, watching Bruce uh, was just an unbelievable moment. And and I vividly remember uh, him playing Kitty's back and Rosalita in one of the shows. And we were dancing in the aisles and, and, and just really a magical night. Um, So that was one. Another one, uh, you know, you mentioned my kids. So I have only seen Bruce with my oldest son. I, I really pray to God that I could, you know, get there with my younger ones that, you know, we'll get out of this and Bruce will tour again. Uh, but when I took my oldest son, uh, it was an unbelievable uh, giant stadium uh, uh, show or MetLife. It was MetLife now. It was really an unbelievable show, an unbelievable set list. One song after the other was just amazing. But the highlight uh, was that he played No Surrender. And highlight for two reasons. Number one, I just love No Surrender. I, I think it's a, an amazing song. I happen to prefer the acoustic version from the live box set, but uh, I also you know, love the album version. And that night he played the album version. And the reason it was so meaningful is because it is the song that I would sing to my boys as a lullaby when they were babies, I would, I would sing essentially the acoustic version while I was holding them and they were resting their heads on my shoulder. And uh, so the fact that he played that and, and my, my son 
you know, he got it like he knew. And, and he, you know, he turned to me and he smiled and it was a very special moment, obviously, to, to experience that with him. And um, especially since Bruce played that song. It's what's funny is uh, my son is is 31 now, 32. He just turned 32 in February. And see when um, he went to his first show um, when Bruce was here at Oklahoma City for the River Tour. And um, and Chris was like, okay, I'll go, you know. Um, and I was like, okay, you realize that Sunday night and WrestleMania is in Jerry World, you know, the Death Star. He's like, yeah, I'd rather go hang with you, Dad. You know, I don't particularly care about Bruce, but, I, you know, let's – I want to go with you. So we went and uh, I actually, if anyone's interested, it's in the, my past feed. Um, I hit record in the car, us driving back from the show, you know, that next morning, you know, driving home. And um, he had a lot of thoughts, but he gets excited too. And he'll grab my arm and he'll start punching me like, look, Oldie, Oldie, it's, it's, it's tougher than the rest or Oldie, it's out in the street. And so you just, seeing them exciting um no surrender has a lot of special meaning to me because um almost four years ago it'll be coming up in march it'll be four years um i was diagnosed with colon cancer and so i'm fine now everything's good but um you know so no treat no retreat no surrender right no retreat no surrender uh we're gonna fight this and um the funny story that I tell is uh, one of my good friends is not a Bruce fan. And he's like, why does Chris Jesse keep talking about no retreat, no surrender? So he bought this Claude Van Damme karate movie that is named no retreat, no surrender. He's like, maybe Jesse loves this movie. Like why? And so, and so I'm like, yeah, not quite. But hey, I appreciate the DVD. That was funny that we thought of it. So yeah, that is funny. That is yeah. funny. Uh, a couple more, real quick. Sure, uh, please. Uh, another cool moment was um, I was actually uh, at Giant Stadium the first time he played Wrecking Ball, which okay. was for Giant Stadium. You know, they were going to tear it down, and so that you know it was a, a, a really cool moment. Um, it, it actually is funny because uh, I think that at the time he was also touring in support of maybe it was the working on a dream album. Uh, I don't remember for sure, but uh, you know, I, I would say one of my low points yeah. uh, at a Bruce show was uh, when he played Outlaw Pete, which I just think is a, a you know, one of his mistakes. Yeah, he, he doesn't make them a lot, but I think it's a, it's a pretty bad song. Yeah. Um, but I also got to, you know, see the first Wrecking Ball that night, which was very cool. And then the last thing that I, you know, could think of, you know, there's obviously so many great moments, but just kind of unique moments is that I was um, in uh, the Barclays Center in Brooklyn the night of the Rock and Roll uh, Hall of Fame induction ceremony for the E Street Band. Oh, how cool. Yeah, so Bruce obviously was inducted, you know, way early on, but they did a separate induction for the E Street Band, and uh, there, there was an amazing night. I mean, there were some really amazing moments in addition to that. Um, uh, you know, 
the artist formerly known as Cat Stevens um, was also inducted that night. And there was a big question about whether he was going to perform because he had basically, you know, given up on secular music and, you know, kind of said he wasn't going to, you know, performing for, you know, sort of non-religious purposes anymore. Um, but he did. And he played father and son and he played peace train. Um, I, I'm sure he played wild world. I don't remember for sure. Uh, but, you know, you were reminded, I mean, to me, he was a genius in the mode right. of Harry Chapin. Uh, you know, they were kind of out at the same time. And, 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 and you know, in a short period of time, Cat Stevens' music was just absolutely beautiful. So, uh, you know, I, I, I'm going off on a tangent here. No, but not at all. Yeah, so, so seeing him that night was, was really, really awesome and special. Um, and then, of course, you know, you had Bruce inducting the E Street Band. Uh, one thing I'll say about that night that you know, doesn't, I'm sure you know that, you know, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction ceremonies are always replayed, like usually on HBO. And um, what, when it replayed on HBO, what you didn't realize was how darn long they went on and on that night. I mean, Bruce's induction speech was ridiculously long. And then each member of the band, including Vinnie Mad Dog Lopez, including David Sanchez, who had not been in the band since the 70s, right. were inducted. And each one of them took the time to get up and give a speech. I mean, it, it, it had to be an hour or an hour and a half that was dedicated just to them. I remember, you know, to me, it was great, right? Sure. You know, somebody sitting behind us, I was there with a buddy of mine, and uh, there was somebody sitting behind us who was there to see, really, Nirvana, I think, was also inducted that night. I, I believe it was Nirvana. And, and after about 45 minutes, they were just screaming, like, enough already, get off the stage. <laughs> yeah, I'm not even sure they knew what the E-Stream band was. Um, but being there for that, you know, also just, just really a, a nice thing to be able to experience and to enjoy. Oh, I think so. That'd be great. You know, um, I've shared this before when, uh, I moved to Dallas in 86 and I've been here ever since. So Dallas has become home. And so, um, a few years ago they did, uh, Jerry Jones and the Cowboys built a new, fabulous stadium that you see all the time but that I've means okay so um and you know they're gonna tear down texas stadium you know with the hole in a roof so god could see his favorite team play right i mean this this whole lore and i'm like and they're broadcasting it live and i'm like are, are they gonna play wrecking ball i mean I, you gotta play wrecking ball i mean like what 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 other song? I mean, I realized it says where giants play the game, but no, I mean, you know, and they didn't. And I was so disappointed. Like only I would, you know, or other Springsteen fans would be thinking of, no, what, what's the other song? You, That's a perfect song to play. Right. Well, maybe if Dallas and giants weren't in the same conference. Maybe so. Maybe um, you know, um, what's hilarious is I don't, um, Sam Goldstein, you know, does a tour. And uh, I was there one of the nights of the the second half of the River Tour where he did that three-night stand of MetLife, you know, where he did. And I was there for the second night. And the next morning, you know, Stan's giving us a tour. 
and he said and you're the only person this car will care but that's jason garrett's parents house (laughs) (laughs) i'm like oh very nice yeah uh yeah so uh, i think that was very funny um speaking of what did you what did you think of western stars and letter to you um so love and love okay Uh, i i really really thought that western stars uh from beginning to end was just beautiful songwriting um i uh you know, just think that, you know, when Bruce goes off and does his little projects, um, you know, there's something meaningful there. There's something he wants to say and something he wants to do that he, you know, presumably feels like he can't get out of the East Street band. And uh, I really thought it was just beautiful music and great. Um, Letter to You is just a, a, a big favorite in my house right now. Um, my 10 year old is, uh, super into it. And, uh, he always makes my wife play it in the car when they're driving to school together. My wife, you know, she's like sick of it because she just has to listen all the time. But, um, I just think it's a fantastic album. And I think that, uh, it really, um, you know, captures everything that's the best about the E Street Band, um, which to me, you know, the E Street Band is, uh, essentially, the world's greatest bar band. Yes. Um, you know, that's how they started and they continue to be that. And then I think that album has that energy. It has that feel. I think it's got a lot of uh, Miami Steve in it. It's got a lot of that, like just like straightforward rock and roll yes. that you know he, he's really into, um, you know, perhaps not surprisingly um, my favorite songs from the album are o- almost all, the old ones that, you know, he, he re-recorded for, for today. And, and what I love about it is that even if he didn't tell you which ones they are, you could guess, you could tell by the lyrics, you could tell by the sort of songwriting style. And, um, you know, if I were a priest, I mean, that, that song is just, uh, well, let me interrupt you, Robert. I said, right when I first started talking about this, um, if I was a priest is what, you know, outlaw Pete wanted to be. (laughs) Uh, It's a Western saga. And so, uh, you know, and I, uh, I stand by that. I mean, and uh, because it's one of my favorite songs. I I love that. Um, It's great. It's a a great song. It really is an awesome song. And and, and it's too bad we didn't have it, you know, 30 years ago. Maybe it wouldn't have been as good. I don't know, but it's a great song. Yeah. And, you know, I obviously, you know, we're all dying to go back to a show and see your local music. Um, Just, you know, I know you as a musician are dying to get back to a little club and, you know, just with your buddies, play us, play a few music, you know, um, I've, I thought of the story, um, and this is probably not true. I'm exaggerating a little bit for you, but, um, way, way back, um, in the late seventies, they, they were going to reboot the Star Trek franchise. And so the Star Trek, the motion picture was going to be filmed and they went to the local fan groups and said, Hey, we have this huge spot that we're going to show the whole crew. Do you think that members of the fan club or fans 
would want to be extras to be in to be the crew and you know it'll it'll probably be five hundred dollars i don't remember the exact figure and supposedly the fan was like well that's kind of high but yes i'm pretty sure most of us will pay that to be in there like no 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 that's what we're going to pay you to be an extra so i'm thinking you're like okay i think we can pay a hundred bucks a person if you'll let us play again because we are so eager to play it's it's true it's true i mean i I, i've been spoiled though in one particular respect which is um like i said my oldest son is overseas right now but um when he was here during the pandemic before he left I got to jam with my kids all the time. And, oh, that's uh, nice. They, they, they were, you know, so, so I'm the drummer. I've got a guitar player. My middle son is a bass player. And my youngest plays piano. Oh, so right. We, we've got a band. We, what we don't have is a singer. No okay. Sing, which is very unfortunate. And it, it's hard. But um, we started playing together more and more and picking songs that we would, you know, learn together so that we could jam on it. And um, it was great stuff. It was it was really good. We're all, you know, kind of different levels of ability. And my youngest yeah. is obviously still learning, but we would just teach him a couple of chords to play in the background. And Oh, that's awesome. It, it was cool. It was really that, cool. That's that's a great story. I love that. I yeah. love that. Um, so let's talk a little bit about what are songs or albums that mean a lot to you and your family? You know, you've kind of mentioned already Tougher Than The Rest, but are there others that kind of hold a special place in your heart? Um, So, you know, it's funny because it probably changes a lot. Um, I mean, there are certainly like, you know, a top five-ish. I would definitely say, and this might sound a little cliche, but you just can't, discount the genius of like i said thunder road born to run no matter how many times you hear it and no matter how overplayed it is is just a top five rock anthem of all time um and i also think from that same album jungle land is just uh, another one and again you know i i, I probably you know, and, and revealing a lot about, you know, what draws me to Bruce, but these are songs that tell stories. These are, you know, yes. Joe's uh, and an incident on 57th street. These are songs that tell stories and imagery that, you know, could be a novel. Right. Um, you know, one of my favorite authors, and this has nothing to do with ghost of Tom Jode, but I love John Steinbeck. Right. And, and I know Bruce does, too. And I, I think that what Steinbeck writes about is a lot of what Bruce writes about, you know, sort of the human condition and Americans and the American condition and what it means to be a man and what it means to be a husband and a father um, and justice and equality. And, um, you know, so a lot of Bruce's songs speak to me on that level, um, for sure. Um, other songs that you know are very popular around my house undoubtedly Badlands, you know, just another sort of anthem. Um, After that, you know, like those are just sort of some top ones, but it it just changes a lot. And uh, it depends what you're in the mood to listen to. And sometimes you want the acoustic Broadway show and sometimes you want to rock out. Um, But it's funny because about, you know, six or nine months ago, sometime during the pandemic, we decided to sit down as a family and rank our top 50 Bruce songs. Oh, very fun. And it it was so much fun. And my middle son, you know, came up with this method. I mean, not that he's the original person of doing this, but he 
taught us this method of, of how you rank things, uh, you know, kind of going down lists and making hash marks of which one is better than the rest. And by the time you're done, whatever gets the most hash marks is the winner. And um, I'll tell you because I have it. I'm going to tell you what our top 10 is real quick. Uh, and this was the, the sort of Hoff family top 10, um, which was just a lot of fun. I don't know if it would be my top 10, you know, today. I don't know if I would always agree with it, but um, it, was, it was just so much fun putting it together and kind of having debates about it. Uh, let me pull it up. I'm sorry. Oh. So while you're looking, I, I don't know if you saw this, but it was a few years ago on Literary Hub, um, September 2006, it was a parody account that said that Bruce, as a writer, and like, um, and, and they like everything that dies someday comes back short, is a collection of short stories. Uh -huh. And uh, there is a whole parody account of that he, if he had been a writer, what these songs would be. I believe Western Stars is very much like an Elmore Leonard, you know, from Justified and everything yeah. that it's a collection of that could just as easily be stories for him. Sorry, I, 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 while you've got your notes. No, that's okay. That's okay. So, so like I, me I mentioned the first four, yeah. uh, and look, I don't think any of these are, are huge surprises, but yeah. uh, Rosalita, Fourth uh, of July, Asbury Park, which, which uh, is another one I absolutely love. Uh, Promised Land, Spirit in the Night, The River, 10th Avenue, Freeze Out, Back Streets. Uh, yeah, it, it goes on from there. I, I don't think there's too many surprises on here. Um, you know, uh, some of the stuff that I, I'm curious to hear your thoughts. Like, what are some of the songs that you love that you think are not sort of like the ones that most fans would pick, like kind of the lost classics, if you will. Sure. Um, so, you know, like all of us, and I'm going to ask you this question in a little bit, what songs you'd love to hear live. Um, when people ask me, who's your favorite, what's your favorite Bruce Springsteen song? Um, you know, and I, I joked, um, number one is Land of Hope and Dreams. I just adore that song. Um, two is Better Days. And the reason why is because, I believe Better Days is telling the story that um, is my philosophy of life, that, um, you know, enjoy the journey. Yeah. That too many people wait and go, well, when I get the kids out of diaper, then I'll enjoy being a dad. Or when I get out of grad school, then I'm going to enjoy life. And then, well, when I make enough money to do this, then I'm going to enjoy versus enjoying the journey as you're going. And these are better days. And then I always joke the third changes every day, right? Um, you know, we have a, I have one of my good friends, Sam, uh, we always make fun with love in our hearts, the people that are on E Street Radio yeah. and they pick like Thunder Road and yeah. they're like, okay, you have five songs to pick you know, to tell you're unique, everyone loves Thunder Road, right? Like, like everyone loves Born to Run, uh, you know, so here's your chance to pick a little bit others. Uh, but I am like you, Sam would say, I don't want to hear Born to Run live again. I'd rather another track. And I'm like, yeah, but it's, it's every show is someone's first show. And if you go to see Bruce Springsteen perform live for the first time, how disappointed are you if you don't get to hear Born to Run and scream, 
whoa, you know? Yeah. Um, so, um, well, you know that, you know, you, you get three hours plus. And yeah, so exactly. If you get born to run, you're hopefully going to get a couple of surprises. Yeah. As well. Um, you know, I love like you, a lot of, um, you know, lion's den from tracks. Uh, you know, I'd love the wish was on my wish list till Broadway. And then I'm like, okay, I've seen that. Um, you know, I, I've never heard, uh, um, highway patrolman, Mm. Uh, you know, I, you know, I would love to hear that live. Uh, Great song. So, and this is uh, listeners, you know, the story. So skip ahead 30 seconds. If you don't want to hear it again. Um, I just love, um, this is your sword from high hopes. I just love that the biblical aspect of it, the idea of, you know, this is your faith and this is the power of love revealed. And it was on my list. I want to hear this live so bad. I'm so bad. And so 2014, he's playing in the Houston. It's an outdoor kind of one of those, you know, there's seats at the beginning and then lawn at the end, you know, an amphitheater. And um, he comes out and they open, what I didn't, I found out afterwards is they were going to open with This Is Your Sword. That was on the set list. And as they were walking out, Tom Morella, God love him, said, hey, this is Houston. We should do seeds. And Tom and Bruce goes, yeah. So they scratched through This Is Your Sword. And they opened with seeds, which would not be horrible, but when he did working on the dream in Houston, he opened with seeds because it was Houston. So it's like Bruce. So um, seven years later, I'm still a little bitter. Like (laughs) I want to hear that song. So how about you? What are songs that you might be chasing? So, so I, I, you know, I, I actually thought about this in the past, uh, not just in response to your question. I've gone through this in my head and, um, I'll be very honest. I think I've heard everything I want to hear at one point. Nothing wrong with that. Um, I I think that, you know, there are some songs from tracks that I always wanted to hear and eventually did. Um, One of my favorite songs from tracks, and I can't tell you why, except that it just puts a bug in my ear, is Loose Ends. Um, I I just love that song. Um, Janie, Don't You Lose Heart. Uh, And these are all songs I eventually did hear. Uh, so, So Janie, Don't You Lose Heart. And I want to be with you. Um, yeah, really, I think I've heard what I wanted to hear. Um, one song that I happen to love, uh, and I, I'll be honest, I don't remember if I've heard it live. I don't think I did, is um, I'll Work For Your Love, um, which is uh, a song that, you know, it opens with this beautiful piano part. And then there's this opening lyric that I'm going to come back to my theme of poetry he says, pour me a drink, Maria, with one of those glasses you dust off, and I'll watch the bones of your back make the stations of the cross. And I picture him sitting at a bar, uh, you know, somewhere on the road, and Maria's the bartender, and she turns to dust off a glass, and, you know, it's a classic scene you'd see out of a movie, and the, back, the bones in her back making the stations of the cross, and uh, I, I don't know. It, it, there's an imagery there that, you know, captures my imagination. Um, so, uh, I would love to hear that song. I got to hear Girls in the Summer Clothes once, and yeah. I would have liked to heard that more. Um, I I it's absolutely would that, love anyway. to hear um, I'll Work For Your Love. What others want for free, you know, I'll Work For Your Love is just, I agree, that's amazing. Yeah. That's a great 
album. That, that's really yeah. one of his better, more recent albums. Um, it, it truly is. I, I think until, to me, until Letter to You, it, it was the yeah. best you've done in a long time. Absolutely. Um, so, so yeah, it, it, you know, to me, the answer to your question is, I just want to see him live again. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I don't know if you remember, but the way you and I first connected is because I, I, I wrote an article and I, I ultimately went up on Twitter about, you know, sort of my thoughts in, you know, 2020 about what was going on in America and what Bruce Springsteen's music and, and what I thought he stood for, you know, kind of said about that. And, uh, and I, I believe it as much today as I did then. And right at the end, I said that, you know, what we all need for America, you know, is a, a sort of, you know, coming together. Yeah. And, and nobody comes together and nobody brings people together like a Bruce show because, you know, all divisions and all politics. You know, when I'm in a Bruce show, I know that there's people there that I will vehemently disagree with, um, you know, on politics and social issues and whatever. And they'll probably disagree with Bruce. Um, you know, side note, one of the funny things about Bruce fans is how many of them I think don't fully appreciate what he's trying to say. But yes, another story. Um, but 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 getting back to a show being there together, screaming whoa to, you know, Born to Run or humming along to Badlands or singing out in the street and, and you know, belting all of those out together again, that's what I look forward to. I really want to be able to take my kids. I really hope I get the chance. And, and I just want to, I, I want to be in the crowd again, as, as Bruce sings about. I want to I be, want to be the where the bands are. Yes, you know, absolutely. I want, to, I want to feel the crowd. Yeah. You know, um, it is, um, I just recently, um, I talked to Catherine a few weeks ago and her episode just came out like last week or so. And she is a huge Leonard Cohen fan. And we talked about his music and she said, she said what they have in common is um, their most famous song are both misunderstood. Yeah. Owens, Hallelujah, and Springsteen's Born in the USA. <laughs> and I, I said, I was just going to ask you that because um, the night before the inaugural, um, you know, there's that they did that televised tribute to all the people we've lost to COVID. And someone sang, you know, a beautiful version of Hallelujah. And my wife looks over and goes, is this really the right song to play at a memorial? <laughs> right. <laughs> and, 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 you know, and Catherine was like, yeah. And I said, you know, and then, you know, people, when Trump was in the hospital, people were blaring out born in the USA. Yeah. And like, it's a tribute to just, they don't get it. Yeah. I, well, that's a lot of what I wrote about in that piece that I put together. Yeah. But, but, you know, what I think that, that Bruce really stands for and what I tried to convey is that, you know, look, we all know Bruce has in more recent years and, and in uh, more recent elections, he's kind of staked out a political position. He obviously leans, you know, left. Uh, and, and that's fine, you know, agree or disagree with him. But, but what is so special to me about Bruce and, and, you know, you ask right at the beginning what draws you to him. Uh, it's his ability to sort of, you know, see it from all sides to yes. to to sing about and for everybody. And I think at the end of the day, what he cares about and what he sings about is that humans be treated with respect 
be treated fairly. And whether he's singing about the factory worker or he's singing about the immigrant or whether he's singing about the, the, the wife who lost somebody in 9-11, um, really whatever it is, um, his empathy is unbelievable. His ability to see the world through other people's eyes anywhere in the world, any political persuasion. He's not singing about, you know, there are artists who are, you know, singing about very left-leaning or right-leaning things. He's just singing about fairness and, and treating people with respect and, and self-respect, I think. Yeah, and I and I don't know how you feel, and please feel free to speak up, but um, I think a sign of how divided of a nation we are is the very wild diverse reactions to Bruce's Jeep commercial where he's talking about middle ground. And I had, you know, and I did a quick episode. I have people that are very much on the left that go, no, we, there are no middle ground. Going to the middle is how we stop progress. And, you know, that I'm not going to embrace people that have hate in their heart. And then other people like, uh, oh yeah, now then Bruce is calling for, you know, middle ground, you know, when he's been talking bad about this administration and all these years, and then the people that says the very land is stolen from us and this, all this fractured. And I honestly think, and I want to hear what you say, Robert, but you just talked about Robert. We feel like his music, he's always said a conversation with my audience and also the the divide between the American dream and the American reality. And I truly think this was a message he cared about was, you know, can we find a way to find a way to move forward and work on the things we all agree that need to be worked on? Yeah. So, so, so look, uh, the first thing I'll say is that, uh, you know, there's one thing I didn't love about the Jeep commercial, which is I just didn't love the fact of Bruce lending his voice and music and sure. that to sell a car, but beyond that, and, and that was one debate about it, but that, that's, that's yeah. you know, just kind of silly. Uh, you know, look, we are so fractured as a country that, that even talking about finding middle ground creates this friction of, no, we shouldn't even try to find middle ground, right? That's the problem. And, um, you know, I understand that sometimes when people talk about finding middle ground, the people who are very far leaning one way or the other feel like they're being confronted and they're being criticized and someone's saying they're wrong. And, you know, we look to our heroes, whether they're musicians or athletes or, you know, other artists and actors, and, and we put them on a certain pedestal and we want them to reflect what we believe. And when they don't, we go crazy because we can't believe they're betraying us. Like we think they're betraying us. And I think that, you know, Bruce speaking up more and, you know, kind of, you know, taking a side, which let's face it, he did, um, you know, it turned off a lot of people who see him as the flag waving born in the USA misunderstood lyrics guy. Yeah. But what they don't understand is not that he's, a, a wild liberal, but that at the end of the day, he really is about, there is something that unites us all. Yeah. And we've got to find that. And that's always what he has talked about. It's always what he has sung about. And I think the reason people get offended by that is because again, we've gone so far in one direction or the other that when you talk about a middle ground, 
people feel like you're attacking them. And and I don't think that's what Bruce was doing at all. I think Bruce was being honest about you know, Trump and about the status of the country, but he was really also just saying what happened with Trump and the status of the country is so extreme. We've got to get back to a middle and people yeah. can't, you know, people don't want to appreciate that and hear that. Well said, well said, sir. Um, all right. I've kept you already over an hour. I, I thank you so much. I, I, I could do this for three days talking about this. <laughs> what have I not asked you that I should have Robert? Um, I don't know that there's anything really, um, you know, I, I would just say that, um, uh, you know, I've loved Bruce for all these years that we talked about. And, um, you know, some time ago, my mother-in-law, you know, kind of said to me, you know, your, your love for Bruce is not, um, you know, just about the music. There's something there. And, and that was the first time that I really thought about it and, and realized that there is. And I think it's, it's the, some, it's the things we've talked about yeah. and it, it's the message and the, the, the poetry of it. And, um, you know, really just, just, you know, the, the, the last thing we talked about that he stands for, you know, sort of everything that's right. And there's, yes. there's he's a little bit of a, you know, a, a magician, as he would say, um, in terms of, you know, portraying a certain persona, yes. but at the end of the day, there's a lot of authenticity there. And he really is, you know, sort of who we all think he is. Um, the story he tells in the Broadway show about, you know, I'm Mr. Born to Run, I'm Mr. Get in the Car and Drive Away, and now I live 10 minutes from where I grew up in New Jersey. Um, that that tells you so much about him. And, it really and, does. Yeah. Um, so I don't think there's anything you haven't asked me. Um, okay. I, I think that, um, uh, you know, he really is something special. He's, he's sort of an American hero to me. He's not just a music, musical hero. Yeah. Uh, and I'm glad to, you know, hear that you and many other people out there who meet with you and listen to you uh, feel the same way. It's it's good to know we've got, and we all know it, but it's good to talk to and, and keep meeting friends out there who uh, feel the same way. Absolutely. All right. So before I let you go, got to ask you the Mary question. So let's say you're a friend of Robert's and you're listening to this and you've never listened to an episode of the podcast before. The Mary question is very simple. Jay Armstrong is an honors English teacher, just recently retired from the Philadelphia area. And he takes his high school seniors and they take two days and they break apart Thunder Road, lyric by lyric, <laughs> verse by verse, imagery discussion. And they compare it to Robert Frost, The Road Not Taken and other poems and at the end of the two days he looks at his class and he says does mary get in the car at the end of thunder road so robert that is your question does mary get in the car boy if she doesn't she's really stupid <laughs> my, my, my answer is um an unequivocal uh yes mary gets in the car uh but but, but here's what i'll tell you um when bruce talks about uh, when he did the river tour, which you talked about when he does that tour and he talks about the river. Um, he talks about that, that whole album is about growing up and I don't mean the song growing up, but it, it's about becoming an adult and what comes with adulthood and marriage and children and jobs and loss of jobs. And that's a very, you know, sort of more mature and dark album. 
compared to the break free from, you know, I'm a young stud breaking free in Born to Run and Thunder Road. And, and I think that, you know, that's what happens to Mary, right? Mary gets in the car, she's young, she gets in and they take off, but then they start facing reality. And the reality is what comes next. It's what happens in darkness on the edge of town. And it's very much what happens in the river. And, you know, sometimes your dreams, uh, you know, just don't really come true. It's not what you expected it to be. And there's uh, all those things, all those themes um, in the river, you know, especially the song, the river, but really on that whole album. So I think she gets in the car. It's a part of our lives that we all feel like we can get in the car and we could take off and, and, and the world is our oyster. And, you know, reality sets in later on. And sometimes, you know, we're fortunate and our reality is great. And for some other people, they struggle. Uh, but that's my long-winded answer. I love that answer. That's a great answer. Uh, Robert, uh, any final thoughts you want to share? Uh, again, only that uh, this was such a pleasure and it was really great talking to you. And uh, I really look forward to uh, hearing your other guests and, and, and following because uh, I, I love our Little Bruce community. Oh, thank you. That's very kind of you. How about, uh, are you on social media? Um, I am. Uh, I, I am uh, on Twitter, uh, I'm on Facebook. Um, I'm not really sort of, sort of good at it. You know, okay. whatever that means. I don't really use it much. I kind of follow what other people are doing and what's going okay. on. Yeah. Okay. All right. So good. Uh, I've got at Robert Hoff 1973. Is it your Twitter handle? Uh, yeah, that's the, that's the one. That's All the right. One. Good. All right. So, um, thank you, sir. This has been wonderful. I, I've enjoyed talking to you. I, like you, figure we could keep talking another two or three days. Uh, so much left to do. Who knows? We'll have you come back in again. Yeah, uh, I'd love to do that. that. That'd be great. You stay safe. Remember to wash your hands. Remember to social distance. Wear an F and mask. And let's all be good to each other because that's the only way we're going to get through this. And for now, thank you. Goodbye. We'll talk to you soon. Have a great night. Doing a podcast at times can be a one-way conversation, and I hate that. So please let me know what you like and don't like about the work I'm doing. You can reach the podcast via email at setlustingbruce at gmail.com. The show is on Twitter, at setlustingbruce, and my personal Twitter is at jessejacksondfw. We have a website, www.setlessingbruce.com. From there, you can find links to other Springsteen podcasts, as well as other music-themed podcasts. We have a page devoted to our own SLB All-Star Band. These are guests who have been on the podcast more than three times. There is a link to our store where you can purchase Set Lessing Bruce shirts, as well as a Mary Question t-shirt. There is a link to our Patreon page where you can sign up to help support the podcast financially. We have different levels and different rewards based on your support. If you don't have any extra cash, and right now who does, you can support the podcast by subscribing via your favorite podcast player and leaving us a review. The more reviews we have, the easier it is for people to find us. And please tell a friend about the podcast, especially if they love Bruce or music, because it will make a difference. You just heard the fun talking, hard rocking, music loving, album ranking, fan thinking, joy spreading, lyric reading, story sharing podcast that is the one, the only, Set Listening Bruce.
Set Listing Bruce is part of the Southgate Media Podcast Group. The theme for Set Listing Bruce was written by David Rosen, used by permission. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.